Thank you, men. I thank the Lord for the plan of salvation. I'm thankful that it was written that a child can understand it. And if you pervert or change the gospel that a child can understand it, you perverted the gospel. I'm preaching tonight on this subject, except the Lord. Except the Lord. Notice the Bible says in verse 1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. There is a better response to what goes on in our world than worry. One would be to trust in God. Heavenly Father, as I preach the message, I am so burdened and serious about the truth of the message tonight. I pray that even our children will understand our need of looking to you, of trusting in you, and hoping in you. The purpose of my preaching tonight, Lord, is to turn our faith from anything except in you. And I pray, Lord, that we would allow you to speak to our hearts. And Lord, we do love our nation. We love our church. We do want to see revival in our country. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us not to concoct our own ideas or theories about what our nation needs, but that we would look to you and your word and follow exactly what you would have us to follow to see our nation turn to you. Fill me with your spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. It would be easy and convenient this evening to blame all that's going on in our nation and our world today on President Biden and his cabinet and liberal politicians. I typically do not watch news at all. I read what I want to know from reading, but I have watched probably two, maybe three hours of news as I've watched this unfold in Afghanistan and had a concern for what's going on, especially as we've known young men that were there serving last Sunday. The one young man I ask you to pray for did make it out of Kabul. He is in uh, Kuwait tonight and will be there for the next two to three weeks. As I watched all of the news, this is what I heard. It's his fault. It's their fault. It's his fault. It's their fault. Blaming someone would make it easy to overlook the sin and the vice that the so-called conservative movement has promoted, expanded, and celebrated in recent months and years. And if we think tonight the answer to the dangers we face is more of this kind of conservatism, we're fooled. The Bible says it is righteousness that exalts a nation, not conservatism. You say, preacher, are you against conservatism? I'm against conservatism replacing righteousness. I'm against conservatism replacing Christianity. 
You can go to your conservative Republican meetings on a Tuesday night or Thursday night. You can't go to prayer meetings. You have more faith in your conservative movement than you do the God of heaven. Don't get mad. In fact, if you get mad at that, you ain't going to make it through the sermon tonight. My purpose is not to make you mad, but to preach the Bible to us. Throughout the Word of God, there is a truth that must be seen today as we face the current crises in our land. And that is when God's people turn from trusting God to sin and vice, and we turn from trusting God to pride in our own accomplishment, God leaves us to our own destruction. As a nation tonight, we face many imminent dangers. We face judgment. We face catastrophe. Some may write those off as just a part of nature and those things happening. I do not believe it's true as I read the Bible and how God raises up the enemy to get the attention of God's people. And that's the purpose of my preaching tonight is to say, let's us and let's us help others to turn our faith toward God. All at the same time tonight, we're facing terrorists that are in control again in Afghanistan. I don't understand or pretend to know all that has gone on or is going on there. I do know that a great price has been paid for freedom. I'm not here tonight to argue politics or strategy. I just know that is a difficult situation. We tonight, as a result, face threats of terrorism here and around the world. We face a serious national security crisis while the president and key members of his cabinet, including Secretary of State, were on vacation and had to be called from vacation when all of this unfolded. Yet another hurricane, powerful hurricane, has hit our southern border this evening. I heard just a few minutes before coming in that the hurricane that hit our southern border is so strong that the Mississippi River is flowing north right now uh, rather than south. Now that's a strong storm that can turn the Mississippi River and cause it to flow in the wrong direction. We will face additional inflation difficulties from that as we're in the midst of that already. We're dealing with a virus or viruses that perhaps uh, we will find out at some point has been a combination of germ warfare or a combination of just a controlling vice for government to control our lives and to take away our liberty. We face what's called the critical race theory, which is a, uh, has a purpose of, of uh, stirring racism and hatred uh, toward various groups and another avenue to deny the existence and power of God. We face uh, wokeism, and I'm not exactly sure uh, what all of that means. I think Absalom is an example of uh, what happens when you rebel against uh, God's authority. Uh, we learned uh, last week uh, in a message entitled, uh, Learning from an Old Soldier, uh, Absalom will never be in the category of an old soldier because he, he died as a young man because of rebellion against his father. We have tonight rioting in our own streets in America. We have cities that are more dangerous to live in than some third world countries. 
We have looting that's beyond our imagination. We have a hatred and murder uh, against our law enforcement officials. Uh, we have uh, the government in various agencies working to force uh, their desires upon us in so many ways. And uh, education, of course, has been doing that to our children uh, for a good number of years, forcing their opinion rather than teaching and giving our children an education. Now, here's my concern tonight. My concern is that we think the answer to all of these issues is to get rid of liberal leadership and to replace it with conservative leadership in America. Many are willing to knock on doors to help someone win an election, but that same crowd has no interest in giving a gospel track or knocking on doors and working to win somebody to Christ. And the purpose of the message tonight is to say, except the Lord builds a house, except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman waketh, uh, but in vain. I tonight want to turn our attention and encourage us to be salt and light in this world and turning the attention of our nation uh, to faith in Christ. Not one time in the two or uh, three hours that I watched the news did anybody mention sin against God. Not one time did I heard anyone mention the importance of having faith in God because that crowd's been teaching that there is no God in the basis of evolution for a good number of years. And so they don't, they don't believe there is a God. And nobody said anything about it, whether they be liberal or conservative. Now don't misunderstand me while I'm for conservative leadership we need tonight to turn to God in humility, and if we would turn to God in, hum in humility, we would get conservative Christian leadership. We can't get it turned around tonight, but we can't dismiss what's been going on among the conservative movement. The conservative movement has promoted alcohol and drunkenness and the immorality that goes with it just as much as the liberals have. Now, as I understand this book right here, God speaks against that drunkenness and immorality. And my dear friend, if we think the hope of America and turning uh, these things away from our nation that threatens our existence tonight is to, uh, is to elect booze-guzzling uh, uh, conservatives, uh, we're dead wrong tonight. I was embarrassed, I was ashamed and shamed to watch some of our uh, Christian uh, uh, conservatives and even those that called themselves pastors to stand and speak on behalf of gambling and slot machines uh, here in our state. What a sad thing it is. I, I text probably a dozen uh, last Sunday and I asked them now that the Supreme Court has ruled against the governor's control if the Republican Party is going to change the law to support the governor like they did on slot machines. Some of them did not see the sarcasm uh, and some of them didn't see that I was making a facetious statement and they wrote back and they said, I don't think so. Well, I don't think they will either because when they get what they want, and I want to tell you tonight, we don't need leadership that gets what they want. we got to get back to this book. America tonight needs some statesmen that will stand like that of President Eisenhower and say, if we don't get back to God, we're going to be a part of this cold war or this atheistic group of nations that deny God. How sad it is in those same years 
when President Eisenhower was pointing Americans back to God and back to the Bible and he attended church on Sunday morning and the phrase under God was added to the Pledge of Allegiance because of him hearing a sermon that America needs to turn back to God. And folks, that's what we need tonight. If we think we can forsake the house of God and replace it with the entertainment of worldliness, a worldliness that's enmity against God, we are mistaken. If God's people think there's nothing to living in immorality, dressing in immodesty, and forsaking God's house for fun, we are mistaken. Don't you blame the liberals for what's going on in our country. You better read that book right there and find out those that are in disobedience of the word of God are as much to blame for God allowing what's going on in our nation as any other group. If we think we can ignore the commandments of God and live any way we want to, we're badly mistaken. If we think children can disrespect their parents and authority and get away with that, we're badly mistaken. Do you understand uh, just uh, in recent days uh, that Harvard University, a college founded in 1636 with the purpose to train a literate clergy, Harvard College, that's now Harvard University, they, their purpose in starting in 1636 was to train a literate clergy. Their mottos were such as truth for Christ in church or to the glory of Christ recently chose a director of chaplains, a director of chaplains, there are 40 chaplains of the various religious groups at Harvard, they recently chose a president of chaplains who is, who is an avowed atheist. The New York Post reported this spiritual leader doesn't need a higher power. He's an atheist. He said, and I quote, 44-year-old Greg Epstein, he said, and I quote, we don't look to a God for answers. We are each other's answers. An atheist. In a place that used to train people to read, memorize, teach, and preach that book right there, has chosen an atheist as a director of their chaplains. He said this has been a great milestone for inclusion. You know what that is code for? We don't believe anything sin. We don't believe anything is wrong. As for Epstein's appointment being controversial, the New York Post wrote, that's not how Harvard's leadership felt. They voted to elect him unanimously, and they said, and I quote, what a perfect choice. We couldn't think of anyone better. If we think we can continue on in a life of pride and arrogance, making the rules as we go in life, never humbling ourselves in obedience to God, we are mistaken. As you read the history of the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, not just the old reading it in the new as it was used as illustration again and again in the preaching of the New Testament, you find when they left God out of their lives, God permitted dangers and destructions to come to them. 
Now, now, I don't want you to think tonight I'm fussing at you. I'm getting us to understand, folks, we must humble ourselves before God. Because except God build the house, we labor in vain that build it. Except God keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. And I'm not trying tonight to get us to, uh, to stir in anger of accusation against various groups, but to point out the direction of where we're headed and to say what we need is to fall on our face before God in humility and say, God, we need you in our lives. We need you in our land. But I'll tell you this. I've spent my last hour working for a conservative politician that never darkens the door when it's not election time. I've spent my last 10 minutes making a telephone call for a conservative politician that never darkens the door except during election time. That same crowd, they're proud to retweet and repost what Budweiser has to say and what the inclusive crowd has to say and what the homosexual crowd has to say. Uh, but you look and see if you can find how many uh, that will quote a preacher of the word of God. I'm not trying to get quoted. What I'm trying to do is get us to understand, folks, that's not our hope. God will give us what we need to lead us when we turn to him. You understand, as the children of Israel made their way through the wilderness, there were always poisonous snakes that lived in those wilderness that lived in that wilderness. But they weren't a problem until God's people began to complain. When God's people began to complain, those snakes began to bite them. They began to die. You know what they had to do? They went to Moses. They began to cry. What did Moses do? He went to God and God said, I want you to make a serpent of brass and I want you to beat it out of brass that looks like a serpent. I want you to put it on a pole and I want you to raise it up. And when the people look at that brazen serpent, they'll be healed from the snake. And then he said, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And it, it's a shame that we have to come to the place that we suffer from the poisonous serpents before we look to God. What does it take tonight? How many catastrophes, how many different things do we have to have explained away before we realize? Folks, it's time to look to God. It's time to be faithful to God. It's time to turn our hearts and our faith to the God of heaven. How many times has God used an army like the Babylonians or used the army uh, such as the Philistines uh, and the others? And how many times does God have to raise up the terrorists? Uh, friend, I saw in America a turning to God in prayer. I watched in our own church as the days leading up to the election of President Trump. I watched folks use the altar. Hey, I watched folks use the altar. I watched scores of people come to the altar before for the election we got what we wanted hey have you been back since I don't know about you now I'm, I'm for President Trump now I've got a lot of opinion about that but I'm gonna tell you something I'm for a lot more than President Trump I'm for the God of heaven and the God of heaven could use Mickey Mouse to be a president better than what we've got now if we turn to God now I want to tell you something tonight we better turn our faith to God. 
I look at the book of Joel, and I'm going to give you some illustrations from the Bible. I look at the book of Joel, and the book of Joel is a book that deals with crisis. You know, when you're in crises like we are tonight, there's so many news channels, and everybody is giving an interpretation of what's going on. The optimist will say the crisis isn't going to last. Be brave. We'll come back better than ever. The pessimist will sob and say it's going to get worse, and there's no escape, and we're done for. The alarmist sees something behind every tree. The scoffer will question the report saying, what difference does it make anyway? The prophet Joel was a realist who looked at life from the standpoint of the word of God. Let me read a few verses from Joel chapter 1 in the day of crisis in the land. Joel 1, the Bible says the word of the Lord that came to Joel the son of Pethuel Hear this, ye old men, and give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. Hath this been in our days, or even in the days of your fathers? Tell ye your children of it, and let your children tell their children, and their children another generation. That which the palmer worm hath left the locust eaten. And that which the locust hath left hath the canker worm eaten. And that which the canker worm hath left hath the caterpillar eaten. Awake, ye drunkards, and weep. By the way, the CDC put out a, a new list of words uh, uh, this past week. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, you, you, you're supposed to call a drunkard a victim of circumstance. They can't help it. Well, who can help it? They're the ones that picked up the bottle and put the booze inside their mouth. Anyway, back to what Joel said. Awake, you drunkards, and weep. And howl, all you drinkers of wine. Boy, that's a big thing, isn't it? Stick your little pinky out and drink it out of a $50 goblet. It wouldn't matter if you drunk it out of a $50 goblet or a jug that three, had three X's marked on the side of it. It's all an abomination in the sight of God, and you know it is, and there's nothing that justifies it, and I don't care where you drink it or how you drink it, where you promote it, how you dress it. It ends up in the same vomit. It ends up in the same vomit. It ends up with the same sickness. It ends up with the same cirrhosis of the liver. It ends up in the same same graveyard it ends up in the same cemetery it ends up in the same funeral home it's all wicked it's all rotten we want some politician that will make us feel good by saying something about us they don't mean that crowd they've memorized all of that foolishness God help us to get some statesmen that'll come back and say and if if they don't have anything to say themselves learn some quotes of President Eisenhower and say those Back to Joel. Awake, you drunkards, and weep and howl, all you drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. For a nation has come upon my land, strong and without number, whose teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he hath the cheek teeth of a great lion. He's warning them. He said, I want you to know God's raising up the enemy. He's going to destroy our nation. You better throw your booze away. You better get rid of that stuff. You better get rid because God is going to destroy our nation if we don't fall on our face before him in humility. 
as we go through the word of God, we find that we must trust in God. We cannot live in pride. We must humble ourselves before God. Without God, we can do nothing. I am concerned that we're not looking to God for help. We're looking for movements. We're looking for radio stations. We're looking for conservative talk shows. And it's a shame when the conservative talk show host is stronger in his speech than the preacher is of the word of God. We need more than conservatism. We need to see a restoration of righteousness and a revival in our land tonight. The Bible says in Psalm 33, verse number 16, There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. And horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. I say tonight, hope in the Lord. I say tonight, pray to the Lord. I say tonight, have fear of him that created the world and the one that sustains the world. I say, let's put our faith and trust in him. The Bible says in Proverbs 21 in verse number 30, there is no wisdom nor understanding nor counsel against the Lord. The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3, 7. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God giveth the increase. You can plant what you want to plant, you can sow what you want to sow, but unless God gives the increase, we'll have no increase. 1 Chronicles 28, 20. David was speaking to his song, uh, son Solomon and he said this, Solomon, be strong and of good courage and do it. Fear not nor be dismayed for the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Now that's interesting instruction. That's in 1 Chronicles chapter 28. What's beautiful is when you come to 1 Chronicles chapter 29 and you find David praying for his son Solomon. And here's what he prayed for Solomon. And give unto Solomon my son a perfect heart to keep thy commandments. This is a good prayer for us to pray for our children. Give my son a perfect heart to keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, thy statutes, and to do all these things and to build the palace for which I have made provision. You know, it's interesting when you read the book of Nehemiah, you know what it's about. Nehemiah went to rebuild the walls around the city of Jerusalem. That was important. But Nehemiah knew it wasn't the walls that protected the city it was God that used the walls to protect the city. I'm not saying our work is not important. I'm saying our work trusting in ourselves is of no value. But our work that trusts in God, that is great value. I say tonight, let's trust in God. We're a blessed people. We, 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 we're, it's so easy for us to look at 
our accomplishments. I look at this board and I just praise God. I was here early this morning as I always am on Sunday morning and I've been here I think every day this week for some reason in the building. And I, I looked at that and I thank God for it. And God's been so good to us. And I look at this property and I walk on this property and I drive on this property. It's a wonderful thing. But hey, folks, it's God that's blessed. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Look at the house you have and thank God for it. Thank God for what you drive. Thank God for the job you have. Keep your eyes and your faith on God. Don't allow pride to lift us up and make us think that we're nothing any more than an old sinner that's been saved by the grace of God and living in the purpose and the will of God. Psalm 124, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. It's what Israel said. God wasn't on our side, we wouldn't have won. Psalm 126, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream when God turned the captivity. Jeremiah 51, 12, set up the standard upon the walls of Babylon. Make the watch strong, set up the watchmen, prepare the ambushes. For the Lord hath both devised and done that which he hath spake against the inhabitants of Babylon. God spoke of that Babylonian army as a great army and a mighty and a powerful army. But they were no match at all to God. And if we're not careful, we look at our size and our strength compared to the size and the strength of the enemy. I say tonight, look toward God. Look toward heaven and realize God is greater than any enemy or any foe. When our nation was founded and we gained our independence in this country, it was not because of the size of our army. It was not because the strength of our, uh, uh, the strength of our men. It was because our faith in God. That's why we had victory and have independence in our country. Zechariah, he said, and he said unto him, run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of men and cattle therein. For I, saith the Lord, will be unto her a wall of fire round about and will be the glory in the midst of her. God said, I'll make this nation, if you'll turn to me, I'll make it so strong that you won't have to build a wall. I'll put a wall of fire about it and I'll protect the city and you'll grow and multiply and your cattle will grow and multiply. Do we not understand we don't need liquor to prosper our economy? We have God. Why would we take something? Why? We don't need gambling to prosper our economy. We have God. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills and he owns the horses that graze beside them. God owns it all. Our faith must be in him. Our obedience must be in him. We must desire to keep his commandments. Ezekiel says the same thing. The words are the same. Ezekiel chapter 33, he said the same thing. As you go in that chapter through verse number 9, he talks about the watchman and he talks about the importance of the watchman. But he said if the city does not trust in him, uh, that the watchman will not be heeded and he'll be of no value. What we need is to have faith in God. These four statements, and I'm finished tonight. Number one, there must be a righteous remnant that seeks the Lord. Now, let, let, let's not think, well, we're not the majority, so we can't make a difference. That's, that's, that's the lie of the devil. One man can make a difference. 
100 men can make a difference. 10 men can make a difference. Two men can make a difference. 12 disciples can make a difference. One church can make a difference. I want to say tonight, there must be a righteous remnant that seeks the Lord. Teach your family to seek the face of God. In the morning when you're ready for school or work, there ought to be a time you get your family together, gather around some place in the, in the a kitchen or the living room or somewhere and bow your heads before God and recognize Him as the great creator and sustainer and savior of our soul. Tell Him what a great God He is and then yield your life to Him. Teach your children. We're not trusting in the jobs we work to provide for us. We're trusting in the God who gave us the job to provide for us. Teach your children to trust in God. You young couple just married, you don't have children. You ought to begin your day. You ought to begin your day turning to faith in God. Make it a habit so when the child comes to the womb and then they're born, it will be a habit that mom and dad rear their children looking to God for faith and trust. Number two, there must be a humbling of our hearts to the Lord. I'll not re-preach the message I preached this morning, but in Deuteronomy chapter 8, the Bible said God led them through the wilderness to humble them. God led them to a place where there was no water, so they would look to him and say, what are we going to do? And God said, I'll take care of you. I'll give you water from the rock of Horeb. God led them in the wilderness where there was no food. The question was asked, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? And the answer is given. Yes, he can. God gave them manna to enjoy every single day. And they asked, where are we going to eat? And God said, I'll give you manna from heaven, teaching them to trust in him. I don't care what kind of house you live in, clothes you drive, uh, uh, clothes you wear, or car you drive tonight. We need God. If we didn't have anything, we need God tonight. There must be a humbling of our hearts to the Lord. Second Chronicles 7:14 says, If my people will humble themselves. Number three, we must win people to Christ. We must win people to Christ. The way elections are won is you ask people for their vote, door to door. That's the way they do it, door to door. Somebody curses you, somebody runs you off, you don't take it personally, you just go to the next person, the next person, the next person. It's a shame more people in this country spend more time working telephones and knocking on doors to get people elected than they do to get people saved. If righteousness exalts a nation, getting people saved is what will strengthen our nation. Don't be ashamed to be a witness for Christ. Don't be ashamed to give a gospel tract. We must win people to Christ, last of all. We must be salt and light in this generation. Now he said, be careful. Don't think just because you are a light, you have any value. Girls, are you listening to me? Don't think because you are a light you have any value if your light's under a, if your candle is covered it has no value just because I'm a light doesn't mean I have any value especially when it's covered let your light shine before men turn your light on when you go to work tomorrow Turn your light on when you go to the store tomorrow. Turn your light on when you go out in this world. Don't be ashamed to be a child of God. Punk rockers are not ashamed. They're not ashamed. All the different crowds, they're not ashamed of who they are. It's obvious. You see them. They identify with their groups. There's no need for me to be ashamed of the fact I'm a child of the king. 
There's no need for me to be ashamed of the fact that I have a mansion in heaven and I have a, a eternal life in Christ. There's no need for me to be ashamed. Let your light shine. Don't cover it with a bushel. Let your light shine in school tomorrow. Let your light shine in college tomorrow. Let your light shine at work tomorrow. Don't you listen to that filthy talk and laugh at that foolishness. Don't you listen to that vulgar talk and that talk of immorality and laugh at that foolishness. Let them know you're a child of God. You say, I want them to like me. I'd rather be respected than liked. I don't want to be unliked. I don't enjoy being unliked. But I want, to, I want God to be respected in my life and the way I live. I don't want folks to say, well, preacher, what are you doing here? I didn't ever expect a preacher to be here. I don't want to go to those places. Shame when the world knows better than the Christian does. Why? I didn't ever expect to see you in a place like this. You can't justify it. We must be salt and light. Salt that's lost its savor, it's henceforth good for nothing. But to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. Let's be salt and light. If our hope is in Christ, let's say it. Let's talk about it. Let's find our place in the morning. Let's find our place tomorrow. Let's find our place alone and say, God, oh, how we need you. I'm not talking about just a prayer to pray. I'm talking about a life to live. Now, I want to tell you tonight, all the things that's going on in our nation, in our world, you think they're just coincidence? That's what they said to Joel and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Nehemiah. And you know what those men did? They ignored the scoffers. They ignored the mockers. And they carried on with God's work. That's what we must do. Excited about our fall campaign and our working in and helping our bus ministry, the greatest soul winning tool a church could have. Some of you used to work in the bus ministry and you quit on God. Some of you, some of you, you, you used to be a soul winner and you quit on God. I understand as life changes and sometimes you physically can't do it. I'm not talking about that and you know I'm not. I'm talking about folks that don't care. They don't carry a track. They don't even have an, uh, any plan at all to be a witness for Christ. God help us tonight. Except the Lord keep the house. Except the Lord build the house. Our work is in vain. Except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh but in vain. We need him tonight don't we? Stand with me if you will. It's easy to blame those that are obvious in their failures. May God help us to turn a generation. Don't teach your children to blame others. You know what? I carry the burden for my nation tonight. I'm not fussing at you. I'm saying to us tonight, I carry a burden for what's going on. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us to